Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of the Stick Podcast, Talking Titans. If you're here with us last week, we spoke about entering the twilight zone with the Titans, and uh, since we've left off, nothing has changed. We got a lot of scary stuff to get into, and we're going to dive into all of it. So let's get this thing rolling. Sammy, start me up. Turn up your volume. Your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast. Talking Titans. Ladies and gentlemen, 94 yards. Touchdown, Titans! He is the baddest man in the NFL. And he just took her to the house. The Sickest Tennessee Titans Podcast. Sick! It's going to be sick. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back. If you are keeping track, it's been well over a week, or well over a week, well over a month since the Tennessee Titans last won a football game. Um, I said the sky is falling a few weeks back. I don't think there's anything left to be falling from the sky at this point. Uh, It's pretty much all splattered all over our feet. But as always, we're going to do our best to give our – Summaries of what we witnessed and our, our best outlooks of what's to come. So this past uh, week, Tennessee Titans fell to the Houston Texans, a team that had went nine weeks straight without a win on the road uh, by a final score of 19 to 14. Uh, Tennessee was led by rookie quarterback Malik Willis, and we're going to dive into his performance, obviously, as well. But as we always do, we'll start off with instant reactions of uh, the game last week. Um, Jarrett, why don't you do us the honors of how you're feeling after that debacle we witnessed? Oh, I'm feeling great because I had a great Christmas weekend, so I wasn't going to have the Titans ruin anything on Christmas Eve for me. But uh, going into the game, you know, the game was horrible. It started off horrible. Um, really didn't think much anything of it. Uh, coming into it, you know, with Texans, we're, we're going to play uh, play us tough, you know, try to knock us off the top spot of the division, which they did. Um when you really think about it, they played two. They played a two quarterback system on us with Jeff Driscoll and um, Davis Mills, and uh, they took it to us a little bit. Um, the defense played well enough, I thought, to win a game. Like I said, keeping them to 19 points should win you an NFL football game. Again, we needed three touchdowns to win the game, and that did not happen. One of my uh, two of my key points from last weekend, uh, last podcast, was uh, that we had to get Chig and Burks involved more into the offense. That did not happen at all because they were targeted a combined four times for one reception, which is absolutely horrible. Um, and Jeff Swaim still gets targets on this team with, with a tight end screen. I still don't know how it happens, but it happens. 
Um, the offensive line, the makeshift offensive line, Derrick Henry managed to have 126 yards and a touchdown, which I don't know how he does it. The king is the king. Like Vinny says it all the time, but he is human. Uh, he's amazing, but amazing comes uh, with missed opportunities too because he's now fumbled in three straight games for us. And um, that last fumble in the fourth quarter really uh, put dampers on us, which led to a Houston score. So he's got to get his stuff together uh, as well. Um, talking about the offense a little bit more, you know, it's it's a it's a ve- irrelevant, not irrelevant, what is it, whatever the word I'm looking for. It's obvious that Todd Downing still can't call, uh, call an offense in um, – this five-game losing streak because we're struggling to score 15 points per game. And I don't know what he has on Amy Adams and and uh, Mike Vrabel because Nathaniel Hackett just got canned for his inability to call plays, and he was a really good uh, play caller in, in uh, Green Bay. Um, a little bit on the defense from this game. Um, it was huge having D'Amico Autry back uh, on the line of scrimmage. He was clearly missed. Uh, he had a couple uh, – he had a sack, I believe, just one in the game, and uh, he had his hand up at the line of scrimmage all, all game long and batted two balls down in crucial times. Um, so what we had out there at corner, I thought, you know, played well. Like I said, three touchdowns. I mean, not even three touchdowns. Uh, 19 points should win you an NFL football game. But uh, coming down to it, man, like like all the Nashville media has been saying all week long after the game, um, there's no juice to this team. And like we said last week in the podcast, this team is dead. Um, there's no motivation. And you can see it even after the press conference with uh, Big Jeff and Vrabel and KB. This team is just has no no juice. Uh, it seems like the younger players, like Vrabel said, aren't committed to the scheme anymore. They're not taking care of their bodies. And uh, it's clearly showing that they're not watching the film, like he said, too. So coming down the stretch, you know, on this five-game losing streak, it's pretty scary uh, with the playoff situation that we have going forward. Absolutely. Vinny? Yeah, I mean, you, you almost don't know where to start. Um, and it's sad to even say that. There's so many holes, and you could blame Browning, yeah. you could blame – the offensive line, uh, Dennis Staley. I mean, you could blame so many different, um, you know, people. But, like, what frustrates me the most, and Jared touched on it um, towards the end of his spiel, is that there's really no sense of urgency what frustrates me. You know, if, you, if you're going to go down, go down with some balls. You know what I mean? Have some creativity. I'd love to see maybe something on special teams, an onside kick, a funky play on a punt return. Like, do something to get some sort of juice. It just looks flat and just uninspired football. And um, I almost feel like this whole season is one big troll job on the fans because we started out awful. We won five in a row. After our best showing, our offense coordinator gets DUI. And since then, it's been like they put the Maloiks on us for another Paisan reference. I mean, we can't do anything right. Um, you know, I, I don't understand, like Jared and the rest of us, how Todd Downing still has a job, especially when you have the balls to fire your GM in the middle of the season. Why not just let your your offense coordinator go and let this this Kelly guy call? I mean, can it get that much worse? Um, but Vrabel has hinted at it all year, you know, in-season coaching changes. He wasn't really, you know, about it. And hopefully it happens after this year, but who knows? But I don't know. I just thought, and we all said it last week, we thought we would win. When we went up early with the Henry run, I'm like, all right, let's let's play off of that. But we can't help but get in our own way, um, Henry with the fumble at the end of the game where we could have essentially sealed the win. I think that's five fumbles in the last five games, three of them were um, so when you can't even rely on your best player, um, not that we saying we can't rely on him, we do, but when your best player is making mistakes like that, I mean, the margin for error is slim. 
And, um, you know, we'll get into a lot of different things later. Um, Malik Willis, the offensive line, Todd Downing. Um, but as a whole, it's just uninspiring. Just I feel deflated and dejected as a fan, as does the rest of the fan base, um, I'm sure feels. But, yeah, I mean, it's there's so many different things to talk about and so many different people to blame. You almost don't know where to start, which is, is frustrating because for a team that was taken from the abyss and on the ascent to the what looked like a Super Bowl championship eventually, now looks like it's down a, uh, a, a deep slope back down to the abyss, unfortunately. But I'll let Jarrett get his – I mean, I'm sorry, Sal, get his blood pressure up. No. Uh, no, it's not even worth it anymore. No, it's not. Just not. I mean, uh, it, usually in a situation where you can focus on one legitimate reason why this team lost the game, that can get my blood pressure going. Like usually, it's Todd Downing. I mean, I I can't say it more. I can I can't say it. You know, I, I've been blue in the face enough at this point. Majority of this team's inability to win is due to the fact that we have the worst offense coordinator in football. So. Um, there's no reason to beat that horse any, any more than it's already dead. Um, but that's the bottom line. But in this instance, with this game, there was just a zillion things that you could point to. Like, just uh, anything that could go wrong went wrong. You start with the coordinator. You start with the offensive line. You start with the fact you have a rookie quarterback. You start with the fact that we had an easy interception in the beginning of this game from Zach Cunningham that could have actually been a pick six, really, oh, if yeah. you look at it. There was nobody in front of him. And that equates to a touchdown from Houston. Uh, and then, you know, you just go down the list or there's a third and long and, and Justin Herbert is literally on his back and he throws a ball off of his back of his heels and it gets caught for a first down would have been a punt. Uh, just everything that could go wrong went wrong. So it's hard to get super angry because it's just like you can't say to yourself, well, if this if this one thing changed, then we would have won the football game because it's just everything went against us. Do I think we would win if we had a good coordinator that knew how to scheme plays to the strength of his players yeah i do think we would win but that's just you know nothing to complain about anymore because nothing's going to change so uh <clears throat> we're going to obviously dive into all the different dimensions of this game uh but instant reaction to the whole thing is it's just it's 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 over like it's the season's over you know the, the the passionate fan in our heart just wants to always scheme up these scenarios where this team could possibly you know make some noise, but we know it's not going to happen. We just know it's not. And the unfortunate thing is, is that like no matter how many defensive injuries this team has, they still find a way to play good enough. And again, I don't want to hear people try to tell me that this defense isn't. I know maybe not elite anymore, but not very good. Because they give up a big play at the end of the game. What more can you ask them to do? They're they're keeping these teams within under twenty three, points. Under twenty points. I mean, I think you ask any organization in the NFL before the season starts. Here's a dotted line. Sign it. You'll finish the season with a sub twenty points against every every freaking GM signing that line. So, and I don't want to hear about the defense and, and, and what they should be doing, why they, you know, they don't go the whole mile and, and, and stop the one big play at the end of the game. No, how about you score a couple fucking touchdowns? I mean, Jesus, it's, it's embarrassing. And I'm tired of hearing, I'm tired of hearing the uh, excuse about, you know, just the offensive line. Yeah, it's bad. But you're an NFL freaking team, man. You should be able to figure out ways. You got Derrick Henry. You got Malik Willis who can run very well. I mean, figure something out. You have reliable tight ends that can catch quick slants, catch quick this and that. Figure it out, man. 
figure out how to score three fucking touchdowns in a 60 minute football game. It's not that much to ask. Like, I'm tired of blaming the defense. The defense has nothing to worry about. They should be sleeping like babies every night. Everyone from the starters down to the freaking practice squad players a month ago. They're all doing enough. So I'm tired of hearing about the defense. Offense is a joke. It's a it's deplorable that we can't fire Todd Downing in the middle of the season. Who, who wrote that fucking rule? I don't understand who you can fire a GM. Yeah, Mike Rabel. We're gonna get into that too. Cause I'm you know what? His gig, his jig's up too, man. His his the only thing he had going for him was that he was able to motivate his team because he doesn't call plays on either side of the ball. That was his niche, is that he is a motivator of men. He is the coach of the year. Well, he ain't being the damn coach of the year right now because these guys look like they sold out. And you look at him on the podium, you look at him in the high, on the sideline, he looks like he's sold out too. So let's just call it like it is. Derrick Henry's got a fumbling problem. Like I said, now, now my blood pressure's gone. He's got a fucking fumbling problem, and nobody wants to bring him in the conversation of issues of this football team because of what he did in the regular season and in two other games. And that's not how this should work. He needs to be held accountable, too. He's having some fucking problems now. He's fumbling his ass off, costing us games. I will go to the grave saying that that fumble is the only reason we lost that game. We're driving up four, about to make it at least a touchdown game. And you and there we go. Other way, we're down. So I, I just you know there, there's a plethora of things we're gonna get into, but why don't we first start with Malik Willis and what your true unbiased opinion of is of what he was able to do, and you know if, if there's any hope for him or less hope after what you witness. Vin, why don't you start us off? I mean, I hate to sound so like just political about the whole thing i have like the whole year with Tannehill. it's hard to evaluate them it really is either quarterback we great Tannehill every week i'm always kind of in the middle and with malik do i think he's the future i don't know 50 50 chance at best in my opinion but it's hard to blame the kid i mean our offensive line is by far the worst in the league he has next to nothing to work with we have an in-app play caller um so the the cards are stacked against him um, do I think he shows flashes? Absolutely. Where he uses his legs. Um, does he have a cannon arm? Absolutely. I question his decision-making. Is it because he's just a rookie? He's still getting adjusted to the speed of the NFL. The competition's much tougher here than it was at Liberty. Um, but it's it's hard to grade him fairly. Um, I thought the interception at the end of the game was was pretty bad. Um, but I it's hard to give the kid a fair grade considering what he's worked with. If we had... I don't even want to say his name, the receiver we traded away and Henry and a competent offensive line. And he came in because Tannehill got hurt. I would say, okay, we could be a little more fair with his grade. You know, he's, he's got some tools around them, but at this point, I don't care who you have as your quarterback. It is Dennis Daly. He's letting people run by him or Staley Daly. I don't fucking know what his name is because he's a complete joke. He doesn't deserve for any of us to know who he is because he's, He's a ghost on the field. I mean, he's letting players run by him. He's getting spun around. He looks completely lost. I saw Buck uh, on Twitter say he's not available for post-game interviews because as soon as he gets in the locker room, he showers and leaves. So he's clearly embarrassed by his own play. Um, we have one starter left on our offensive line who is a rookie who has kind of gotten a little worse as the year's gone on, to be uh, honest with you, Nick uh, Nicholas Petit-Ferrer. Um, if I said that correctly, but it's hard to give him a fair grade. I, I don't know. I, I just, 
pending what goes down the rest of the year and Tannehill and the draft, this kid's going to go into a competition next year in the summer. And um, hopefully there's more around him then than there is now to give him a fair grade. But, you know, I give him a C, I guess. I mean, use his legs at times. But as a passer, has a long, long, long way to go. I think someone like Jalen Hurts, his rookie year when he got in showed much more potential um, than Malik Willis is right now. No, you have it as a runner, but as a passer, I mean, I think he's got a long way to go, and we need to put tool, uh, you know, talent around him um, for him to even have a fair shot. Because right now, it, it's it's not fair right now um, for him. And I don't even want to say the name Josh Dobbs, but you know, we might get into that a little a little later. I don't want to get Sal too worked up, but. It's hard to give him a fair grade right now considering what he's got around him. You see certain things you like, certain things you dislike. So I- I'm going to give him a C right now. Um, that's how I feel about him. You know, gun to my head, I-, I-, I don't think he's the future of this team. But, you know, that's above my pay grade. So we'll let Jared get into it next because uh, he's going to be a little more harsh than I am. I mean, I'm going to somewhat agree with you on that. You can't give him a fair share. On, um, on grading him, especially with the shit line we have. But, you know, he did make some side side throws, extending plays. I, I liked how he scrambled and rolled out. And, you know, the one play, I think it was to Robert Woods, he, he slung it, you know, sidearm. But still, you know, he, he's got to feel be able to feel the pocket collapsing around him and make that decision whether you're going to throw it away or you're going to use your legs like you should be. And um, everybody says, you know, and bashes, even Sal. Sal bashes 17 for running, you know, for not using his legs. Tannehill this season was sacked 33 times, um, and that's a sack rate of two times per game he was sacked. Malik Willis in three starts has been sacked 10 times. That's a sack rate of 3.3. And I don't want to hear, oh, well, the line this, the line that. They basically have the same line. So on three starts, he's sacked 10 times. So, I mean, he, he's got to be able to use his legs more. And throwing the ball, man, like, like he said, he's in three starts. He's barely over 100 yards. He has 276 yards and three interceptions. He's got two fumbles, and he's got a rushing touchdown. I mean, it's not it's not all that great, but from the game, I mean, I would have to give him a C minus, but I still see this kid is not the future. He's clearly not ready, and uh, for what it's worth, what we have out there, it's not fair to grade him yet. So I think he needs another year in the system with a com- uh, you know competitive quarterback coming in, whether it be a free agent, whether it be a drafting a quarterback, and, and let them battle on out. But I don't see. Uh, a future for this kid with this team. Uh, listen, I can't, I can't say any of that. I just can't. I can't even give him a grade. I'm not even gonna give him a grade. I mean, I, I think it goes without saying, and I, I'm not sure if anyone's even come close to even trying to disagree with what I said following this game. This is the worst offensive line the franchise has ever put on a field on a Sunday. Well, this was a Saturday, but on a weekend. I mean, it couldn't be worse. I mean, we've had some bad offensive lines, and I could rattle some names that would make you cringe, but it really didn't get much worse than this. We had a left tackle play football on Saturday that literally was about a second behind of the snap on almost every play I watched where he didn't know the snap count, and everyone else moved first, and then about a second went by, and then he moved. And by that time, the edge rusher was having breakfast on Malik Swills' face, okay? So, um, you know, how anyone can grade or give an opinion on this game when you want to talk about confidence, you want to talk about, you know, 
uh, having uh, any sort of security or, or feeling of security being a quarterback in a game when the second that snap goes off, you you got someone ready to absolutely kill you. I mean, you just cannot. And listen, I want to go not back on what I said, but I need to let everyone know that I never believed that Malik Willis was going to be was going to outperform Ryan Tannehill with his arm when he when he replaced him or when I said he should be playing over him where I said where I think he was going to be a better option is with the fact that with the offensive line we have we need someone who can possibly break free and our quarterback can't do it. I said it before. You I'll said, say it. You said last, last week you blew me up. You said does Malik Willis have a better arm than Tannehill? Well, no, 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 no. Uh, arm strength, meaning, meaning, meaning. I meant that in the sense that just we need to start taking shots down the field. Oh, absolutely, we've been vouching for and, two and years. And I think you know, that's to who. It's just an added bonus that Malik Willis can throw it further than Ryan Tannehill. But besides the point. Um, what was my fucking point? Um, see what you did, Jared. You made the kid. See, you did. see if anyone doesn't, I'll, need to be, I'll, I'll figure it out. But, um, <laughs> the point I'm trying to get is you, you, you okay. I know what I was going to say. So, so Malik, I think I said this before after the game, and I stand by it. I think Ryan Tannehill would have been sacked 10 times on Saturday. It doesn't matter who the quarterback is, it doesn't matter who it is. But I'm just saying, for the sake of discussion, I think Ryan Tannehill would have been sacked. Very close to 10 times. Malik Willis was sacked four times. And he was still running for his life every play. So, my point is... That's like um, arguing who the ugliest and second ugliest girl in is in, in the classroom. It's an irrelevant uh, argument. It, well, no, it's not. Not when there's people on Twitter saying, you know, this is a complete bust. Let's figure out a different option at quarterback next year. Which may very well be an avenue we try to go down. But, I mean, it, it, it's, it's virtually impossible for any quarterback in the National Football League to succeed with the receivers that we have and the offensive line that we have. So how on God's green earth can you sit here and tell me that you know that this kid is in the future? You don't know. And we will not know until he has more than 0.8 seconds to look around and find somebody open. And that's just the bottom line. So and that's the like, that's like too, uh, uh, I'll cut you guys off this week since last week you got me a little bit. Ahead, man. Um, it's 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 frustrating because we know, God forbid, Downing's the coordinator again next year, which I pray he's not. He's going to be stuck in a in a system that's going nowhere. It's going horizontal. It's not going up. It's going anywhere but up. And then if we get a new coordinator, this kid's going to have to learn a whole new language. So it's almost like it's going to be his second rookie season learning. What language does he know now? Hand the ball off 30 times and throw eight times? I'm, I'm saying the offense, the verbiage of the offense, obviously, whether he's handing the ball off or throwing it, he has to know the verbiage of the offense. It's like learning another language. And next year, he's going to have to probably do it either with the same idiot and we're going to see no progress and it's going to get much worse with his criticism or he's going to be behind the driver's seat in the regard that he's going to have to learn a new offense. God knows how much better the line's going to be the, the, the uh, receivers are going to be if we're going to have 22. We'll get to that later on. Um, so the kid's behind the eight ball. So like I said, as much as me and Jared want to say he's not the future, it's just not fair to him right now. So well, let's, 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 like they were talking about my bad. They were talking about all week they were, that Malik understands the playbook. They were opening up the playbook more and they were going to let him go. 
getting four targets between Shake and Burks is not letting opening the playbook enough. And I said that was a problem, but then again, like, you still have to understand and realize that we don't know how many fucking targets they had because the kid couldn't. The kid had no opportunities to throw the football, and when okay, he and did, that's a fair that's a fair shot to Tannehill too because everyone said, "Oh, you got to surround Tannehill that, with talent." And that talent, was Tannehill thrives with talent. That, you know, bullshit! It's it's every quarterback. And that's every why I brought this up. Look at Tua, where, where he got uh, absolutely. And I brought the, I brought this up for a reason because I want to make sure everyone understands that, um, you know, I I can't fault Ryan Tannehill for not succeeding in these circumstances, but I can once again say no, 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 no. I'm 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 saying it now. I can't fault him. I'm just I'm done with trying to believe that an average quarterback, which is what he is, is going to be able to do enough to take us to a Super Bowl, which I will never believe because he's had numerous opportunities to drop his nuts and swing him at the opposing team, and he's never even come close to hitting him. So I, I'm that was my only point. So And and and, and the, the, the fact of the matter is, yes, Ryan Tannehill might have completed a couple more passes, might have thrown for a couple more yards, but he, I don't think he's winning that game. He's, there's just, and the people that do, God bless you. You have a lot of faith in a guy that stepped into a great position and let Derrick Henry take us to an AFC championship. God bless you. Okay. But my point, my point is, you gotta let you gotta give Malik Willis some opportunities, some legitimate opportunities to succeed before we label the kid a bust. Um, that that pick he threw was awful, awful, and I had a feeling it was gonna be intercepted before he even left his hands. I had this weird gut, this weird feeling in my gut that he was gonna throw a pick, and it was her- her- horrendous. Um, but uh, the bottom line is, you know, it's it's either it should either be Malik next year or. Go sneak around and, and find one of those guys that might hit free agency. I'm not going to mention names. You know what the names are. All right. You know, uh, maybe a guy you might have to trade for in Green Bay or a guy in Baltimore or, you know, a guy, I don't even want to say it, but I just might but have to do a guy in Denver. But then anyway. you build from the outside in. I mean, until you have a line and actual receivers, we could bring in, like you like to mention, JC himself, Jesus Christ. It don't matter until you have talent around him and someone that can protect him. Absolutely. So I don't even want to hear about, yeah, we all want Rodgers, but guess what? Would you want to come here right now? No, not right now. No, no. Absolutely not. And that's, and that's one of the reasons why our team got fired too. A lot of questions in the offseason before we even think about, you know, that's shooting for stealing, and I respect that, but I think it's going to be a mid-tier kind of guy that you're going to bring in as competition, maybe yeah. as bridge, maybe until we see what Willett has, but – uh, I, I, I mean, getting into—I don't want to get into the offseason because I mean, we're going to get there. But I, I think no, this we're, is no, not we're gonna, in the offseason, Jared. We are just, in the off just, just not, just not yet. But I don't think we're going to rebuild like a total rebuild. I think this is going to be more of a retool because there are mm-hmm. certain pieces on this team that are staples and aren't going anywhere. But if you cut the slack, it's not many. No, I can, there's, I can count them on one hand. Listen, the whole, the whole offensive line. The whole offensive line from the left side to the right side can go. You want to keep MPF? That's fine. Every single one of them can go. Offense, get rid of Woods. Um, defense, Bud Dupree, he's gone just like you're off with Tannehill. Tannehill, Lawan, everybody. All that is going to save you almost $70 million. Well, actually, I get the retool, though. Where's the retool? Where's the, re- where's the retool? You go after the guys in free agency. The I know, but I'm line. saying, where is the foundation? You're talking about Simmons and Burks? Simmons and Byard and Burks and Chase. No, Shake. no, no, no. Listen, uh, come on. Come on now. Byard, Byard is on the on the, on he's the, on the later long half of end he's of got, his career. Oh, he's got three more years. I, but I don't. But, but, okay, but then he, count he's, Hooker. He's not a difference maker anymore. 
Okay. Yeah, I, I disagree. Don't disrespect a guy like that. He's a first team all pro tight talent. Yes, he, he's a he's a Titans legend, but he's not he's a, what does he come on? This is what Vinny, do you mean? What do you Vinny, mean? How many how many you times do you say, Whoa, understand. big play by Byard this year? Come on. Well, that's the first time in your in, in his career we haven't heard it every other fucking week. He's a leader of this team. Two years well. ago, he two years ago we said he, he this year he, was a career year for him. Last year was a career year. How could you blame anybody this year for what's going on? I'm not blaming him, but he's not a foundation piece anymore. He's not getting cut. Absolutely not. I could rattle off some names here. Dupree, 9.3 million. Woods, 12 million. Cunningham, 9.2. Whoever the fuck Jamarco Jones is, 1.3. So you're at 32 million right there. You're going to say, and if you're thinking about retooling, Jared, you better not fucking miss on the tools that you bring in because I believe we're much closer to a rebuild than a retool. Vin, let me ask you a question. How much is Bayard making? Do you got that in front of you? Bayard probably makes 12, 13 million. Okay. A year. He's worth 12, 13 million right now. I, I do think he is. No worth 12, way. He's 12, 13 million. Yes, that's that one fucking movie. interception. Oh. Absolutely. He would go get a $40 million deal if we released him tomorrow. All I know is we are at the end of this year. Two of the last three years, Taking he has been a non-factor. Two of the last three years, he's been an, he's a Titans legend. I love Kevin Bayard to death. But we're talking about the he's making 12, 13 million. That he is not gonna be worth that next year. We need every dollar we can get. He is not a 12, 13, 14.1. He is not worth fill 14 million in 2023. We don't have that. We can't afford that. Ballooning next year anyway. Listen, I love Kevin Byard, but my point of the matter was we're gonna have to put a fucking poll then on whether we think Byard's worth the money next year to keep on this team. Because I, I think you're just disrespecting the kid. I'm not. Right now. It'd be one thing if his play went down the fucking tubes. This I year mean, it has. It hasn't gone oh, down. The oh come on. He hasn't had his his guy playing with him half the year. Who when they're both on the field at the same time have proved to be a top three tandem all year. You're acting like this kid has fallen from the best safety to the worst. Uh, safety. Uh, oh, no, he's not maybe the worst we, safety. I'm we, saying he's not worth fourteen million dollars. Maybe all. we try to restructure. If you think that number's too high, neither that's not like that's up to us. But <laughs> under my head, I keep him for fourteen million. Who the fuck are you going to give the money to next year? Maybe protecting the goddamn quarterback. Okay. okay. We need we need four at minimum. And how well, and we how well, four offensive well. linemen. Ask the Bengals how well just paying a bunch of fucking offensive linemen has worked out for the, Joe Burrow. The line of free agency this year is really stacked. and years to play with each other for an offensive line to succeed. Look what Dallas had all those years where they drafted well and were the best line for five years. You're not going to throw five guys on a line with uh, the only one who's returning is our rookie right tackle and expect that we're just going to be able to figure it out. And we don't even have a fucking general manager. You got to try. They got to try. They can't keep I, bring in the, I they agree. Can't keep you trying to trust 23-year-olds to be good offensive linemen. They can't I do agree. It you, you build a team inside out. I 100% agree, but I That's don't That's why think I think they're going to target the free agency. It's going to happen overnight. I'm not, I don't think it's going to happen overnight. The, the, the What we got into right now, and this isn't that big of a deal, but I'm just saying, first of all, I'm not disrespecting Kevin Byard. He's still one of the greatest defensive titans we've ever seen, and he's going to be a staple of my childhood or at least young adulthood for the rest of my life. I'm just saying, listen, this team is a joke right now, and we want to make them not a joke next year? Then they need to do a lot to change things. And listen, I'm sorry. 14 million for Kevin Byard next year is, that is wildly overpaying him. It's wildly that is overpaying him. The 32 million I just accounted for isn't 
the whatever we're going to say when we cut Tannehill too, which will be what twenty yes. something million. So and now you're fifty million right there. Okay. And and listen, if they keep if they keep Kevin Byer, I'm not going to be upset. Okay, I'm not going to be upset. But I don't team, know. You might be for fourteen it, million. You're ready to have an aneurysm because it, because <laughs> I you know I didn't I didn't even realize at this I really didn't realize he's making that much fucking money. I mean that's that that I mean he ain't playing anywhere near. No, so you're Close right. Jared. I didn't say Luan. So we're that cap money we're saving and Tannehill's is going to be around an extra probably forty million. So on top we of this, all those guys, it's going to be seventy million. Seventy million plus. I mean, come on. That's what I'm saying. It's not going to be a rebuild. It's okay. and especially and if we get think, a draft. What do you think Simmons is going to make a year? Twenty five million. No, damn okay. near twenty eight. Okay. So that's going to be almost half of it right there. And I'm not you doing. How is 25 half of 70? Okay, you said almost 30. Yeah, he's definitely going to get over 30. Okay. I mean, so that's 30. almost 35. That's close oh, to that's half the money. 35. You just jumped from 25 to 35. Okay, but listen, all that money you're talking about, a lot of it's going to Jeffrey and Simmons. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of other deadweight players. If Ben yes, Jones, Ben Jones might retire. We could have probably between 80 and 90 million. I don't want to get rid of Kevin Byers, but he's not worth 14 million in 2023. And there's no, there, I, 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 only the big time homers are going to disagree. I'm, I'm sorry if you, if, and, and if we keep them, it's not going to destroy our payroll. Okay, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not campaigning to trade Kevin Byer next year. I'm just saying we're having a conversation about money, which is going to be a big issue next year, and he is not worth 14 million. He's not. He's just not. Two of the last three years, he has not been a very good safety. He had an excellent year last year, and I gave him all the praise in the world, but he's been a no-show all year. He's had, like, one big play. He's had the the tip two-point conversion against the Raiders, and what did he have, an interception the other week that was still was a loss anyway? I mean, listen, we have a very good defense, but he's not a defensive playmaker anymore. He's not a game-changer like he used to be. So bottom line is I don't think he's worth $14 million. If we give it to him, I still got his jersey. I'm still going to rock it on Sundays. That's the bottom line. So you'll see me wear it. In fact, I might wear it. I might wear it this week. This game isn't worth anything anyway. Go to your closet and put it on now and say sorry to Kevin. (laughs) I'm sorry, Kev. I I love you. I love you to death. All right. But anyway, million is a little steep. But he got 14 million and he got guaranteed money because what he used to do. Yeah, he's yeah, he's damn near gonna break. What's up, Jared? You think he's worth 14 million? 14 yep. million with the situation we're into next year. No. So I think he's going to restructure and he is that type of person that will restructure the contract. If he, does, if he does, I love him. To, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll fucking bow down yeah. to him for it. He, he is he that person. I just find it hard to believe he won't be on this football team next year. Yeah. I do too, but it doesn't change. He ain't worth 14 million. Anyway. Um, so who do you think he's restructured to 8 million? He ain't, they're going to just restructure it to the point where it's just, uh, four, four million is a, four million's a lot. Four million's a lot. Yeah. Town maybe twelve will go down to. Uh, I don't know. Because you know, down on the open market, he can get twelve million easily. He would be in New England over fucking night and have a fucking Pro Bowl All Pro year. Yeah. Anyway, and still and they still win six games, seven games. But um, all right. Anyway, so let's get back on track. So by the way, Sammy, we didn't we didn't get to see our favorite graphic because he definitely deserves it this week too. Yeah, we He's such a piece of shit. There, there he go. is. Todd clowning the worst OC in football. Uh, it remains that way. That hair should not change or that nose. Uh, we just need, might need to put some some alcohol next to him at, at the next stage. But um, all right, so we're gonna do now. Uh, we're gonna get into this Thursday night matchup. All right, now this game. Let me tell everyone now, in case you didn't know, is literally pointless 
for this football team. In fact, you can make an argument it's pointless for both football teams because I don't think Dallas is moving anywhere in their seeding either. So this is a scrimmage for both teams. And realistically, for this team that we are fans of, I think it's a tremendous situation for them because they have an offense that literally is one of, if not the worst in the league, at least since the second half of the season started. And they need to figure something out going into a playoff game next week. So I'll give my two cents about what I think they're going to do in a minute. But what do you both think uh, the Titans game plan should be from whether or not they're going to play players or how they should attack it? And, uh, I got to ask the question who should play who, who should play quarterback. I hope it's a stupid question. Uh, but what are your thoughts, Vin? Um, I think you can be very smart about this and pick and choose who you want to play. Guys like Henry, um, guys like Fulton, guys like Simmons, if they could benefit from the extra, uh, what is it going to be, seven or eight days, ten days of rest because it's on a Thursday, I think you do it. Um, I do think you, put, you do put Willis out there. Um, everyone else, uh, Burks, all the whole receiving core put out there, put out Willis, let him get the reps. Like you said, could benefit, um, him hopefully to see more action. Um, but the players that you absolutely need week 18 to maybe win the game. I think if they need rest, give it to him. I think if Henry's got a hit pointer or whatever, he's got rest them. I think a Fulton can benefit from 10 more days, rest them. Simmons, Autry, I just think. You have that luxury. I think even though we have been on a, uh, a free fall, I think we still want to win the division because I do believe we still have some balls left. So in order to do that, you're going to need your best players uh, healthy. Um, my man, the leader, KB, said he's going to play because he's a man's man. But, um, you know, I think the lug- you have the luxury of resting the players that you feel um, that need some rest. But other than that, I think it could only benefit someone like Willis. But listen, if he's dog shit in that game, why not? It can't get any worse. Give Dobbs a look. Let's see. I mean, he's played NFL snaps before. If Willis looks awful, I mean, let's see what Dobbs could do, I guess. I don't know. But I think I think what they're going to do is similar, something similar to what I said, although I can't trust any decision this team has made. So they might trot everyone out there, not at 100%, get our fucking brakes beaten off, hopefully – you know, uh, they might get more players hurt because it seems like every week someone else is going on the IR. Um, but I think the smart thing to do would be to do is rest who you think needs some rest and give it your all week 18. But I think Willis in particular could benefit from more snaps. So that's what I think. Now that I'm, I'm the total opposite with you guys. Um I think that you have to play everybody in this game just just because we need cohesiveness on offense. We have nothing. We haven't scored more than 15 points in a game in the last five games. We need some sort of spark. You know, you're you're taking you're, you're saying play Malik Willis, but there's no there's no players on the field. Your best player, Derrick Henry, you're going to sit him. He needs to be out there whether he's on the field or not. You know, I understand what with, with, um, with Shig and Burks and everything, but you need you need everybody in this game to get a win to go into a huge game in my opinion, against Jacksonville for a division. So I'm, I'm the total opposite with that. I want everybody to play. All right. Well, I'm going to be a little bit on the contrary of both of you, to be completely honest. Um, I I think everyone, everyone that is needed in this game in Jacksonville should not play. I'm talking from top yeah, to bottom. I mean, I, 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 Malik Willis, I think, has to play only for – 
preparedness, as much preparedness as he can get. But outside of that, I mean, Burks, hell no. Uh, Jeffrey Simmons, Autry, hell no. Um, Fulton, McCreary, hell no. I mean, literally, basically everyone that was a starter eight weeks ago, they should not be playing because they need every advantage they can get to beat a much better Jacksonville team at home, which will be a playoff game for them or on the road for us, I should say. Um, so, you know, is it going to be tough for Malik Willis to try to progress without his, without, you know, the best talent he could possibly have around them? Yeah. I mean, maybe you can play Chig, play Hooper. I mean, they're not going to make or break whether you win a game. Um, at least not in my opinion. Um, but you know, Burks, absolutely not. He should not even see a snap. Well, you're taking, if, you're taking away from the kid and you guys want him to succeed. I mean, I how are you going to go into, Yeah, but how are you going to do that when you're taking people off the field? And we need because, because a, a spark on offense. This is this is a dire situation that I didn't think we were going to be in two months ago. That's why. I mean, nobody expected us to drop five in a row and have to win one game in the end of the year or the start of the new year in order to get in the playoffs. I mean, of course, if we were, um, let's say we were, you know, uh, 12 and three and we were going into this game, I'd say, yeah, you know, Play Burks. We're, we're 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 playing really well. I don't think things are going to get worse. If God forbid something happens, no. This is a team that literally can't score points, and the only chance they have at scoring points is having their players, their best players possible, to be on the field. And right now, Burks is is a little bit injury prone. Obviously, not everything because of him. I mean, that hit he took in the freaking face wasn't his fault. But um, listen, what's going to happen is going to happen. I hope at least the defensive playmakers that we do have uh don't play but if Burks plays all right you just got to cross your fingers he makes it out of the, makes it out of the game okay um but uh th- I mean they they just have to try to be creative and experiment on Thursday I mean the game means nothing do end arounds do flea flickers do a f- onside kick like Vinny said anything there should be nothing they don't try to figure out the best uh plan of attack to score points against Jacksonville. I mean, and to keep be Jacksonville enough. on their toes. Yeah. Absolutely. And then the sad part is, is we see some creativity in the first half of game sometimes, but it never stops. It never, it never continues. Like the RPOs was working against Houston last week. We, we got an excellent 60 yard touchdown from Derek because of it. And then what happens? We hardly see it in the second half. It's, it's scripted 15 plays, man. Todd Downey yeah. cannot scheme in the second half. It's horrible. It's just uh, deplorable and sickening, but you know we'll see what happens. Again, it's going to be a fun exhibition to watch. Primetime game for the, the the fans in Nashville. Hopefully, the weather stands up and it's not awful for them. But um, so yeah. three answers there. So I say pick and choose who you want to play. Rest the most important guys. Jared says fucking throw them to the wolves, and Sal says rest the ball. So we'll see, we'll see what happens. I think. Um, Vinny's probably going to be closest to being right about the situation, but we'll find out sooner than later. I mean, we're going to pretty much know who's playing tomorrow. So, wise um, guys always right, Sal. Even when he's wrong, he's right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, we're going to start a new segment in this show this week that we didn't do last week, and we'll do each week. Um, just disclaimer, at least for my end of this segment, um, I've been on a absolute Arctic freezer over the past. Uh, Pretty much uh, five years. So uh, take anything I say in this segment with a grain of salt. But we're gonna do our we're gonna do our locks of the week, um, and we're talking against the spread. So this isn't just a win; it's against the spread. 
And if you're unaware of how that works, Vegas picks a certain amount of points that they're either going to take away or give to a team in order to make uh, the game more fair, depending on who has more talent than the other. So um, I believe I'm going to start uh, this week and listen to a, a tough, tough slate of games. A lot of these games are very important to their teams. Um, but I went with the Buccaneers uh, minus three going up against the Carolina Panthers at home. So uh, backs against the wall for Tampa Bay. Uh, Carolina is, I think, a flip of a coin of what you're going to get. Uh, so I think they're going to be able to win that game by a touchdown at minimum. So that'll be for me. Uh, Jared, I believe you're next up on deck. Who you got this week? Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, going to go on a limb here. And I think it's it's a little crazy because how the Cincinnati Bengals are actually um, underdogs in this game at home on Monday night against the Bills. I think they're the hottest team in the AFC right now. And I think they are going to make some noise in the playoffs even further. So I'm getting the Cincinnati plus one and a half this week. Absolutely, Vin. I love uh, getting points at home, Jared. So always a, a wise pick, in my opinion. I'm going to roll with the New York football Giants minus five and a half at home. A team that controls their destiny needs this win very bad. I believe if they win out, they clinch a playoff spot. Not sure if they clinch one this week, but they can't afford another loss. Um, Jared confirmed that for me. If they win this week, they are in. Um, we're looking at a team that, like I said, back against the wall, needs to win at home. They're playing a team in Indianapolis who I think is trotting out guys uh, to lose the game because I believe their best chance at um, turning around their franchise is getting a top pick and one of those top quarterbacks. So they're putting out guys right now who are, um, you know, just not as good as the guys that they're playing against. Um, Nick Foles got a lot of respect from where I'm from, obviously, because he's won a Super Bowl here, but he is not, um, you know, anything to, uh, you know, wave your your cap at. So I think they're trying to lose. I think they're uninspired they, after uh, they lost last night and their loss against Minnesota where they just completely fell apart. So an uninspired team on the road against a team that absolutely needs to win. I will take the Giants and I will lay the points. Absolutely. So that game for the Giants is for a playoff spot. It's confirmed. Yeah, wow, that's a, that's been the first time they control their destiny in uh, 2012 when they beat. Wow. Uh, I the tie, it was the tie yeah. is the difference for them right now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So. Talk about two teams that seem to be heading in completely different directions. Yes. Um, that's uh, I think that's easy to say. Let's see if all of our picks up there one more time yeah. for all you at home. Uh, for me, Buccaneers minus three, Jarrett Bengals plus one and a half. And to my knowledge, Vin, it looks like you are. Uh, the, well, there's a half point being shaved off since you made this pick. So I believe Giants are, are only giving five now, which makes that pick look even better. Uh, so definitely, you know, we'll, we'll keep track of that as, uh, the, as the games go on. Um, and yeah, a nice little show today. Uh, we should be back for a very, very important show next week, uh, going into a, a little bit early of a playoff game for all of us. Um, which I know we weren't expecting, but this is where we are and we got to live with it. So uh, before we wrap up, anything either of you want to say before we head into this Thursday night matchup? I love Kevin Byard. <laughs> As do I. I don't love 14 million, though. Jarrett? Listen, just play all the starters. Go out there. Get some rhythm going for, uh, you know, the playoff game, the play-in for the division next week against Jacksonville. We need some sort of energy. We need more juice going to uh, the end of the season here for a playoff stretch. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. It's going to be, you know, I guess in a way it's going to be kind of fun to watch a game knowing it can't negatively affect our playoff chances. We're all going to want to watch them play well and win, which will be unlikely against this team. But um, at least we're going to have relevant football right up until the end. So at least we got that going for us. But um, as always, uh, make sure if you're watching this to, to like, subscribe. Uh, we should be up on the podcast platforms uh, in the next coming days. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at SickPodTitans. Um, where you can find all of our direct, uh, you know, Twitter pages as well. We love to converse with you guys on a regular basis and talk tight. And so, as you can see down there, where you can find us, uh, three of us. So, um, with that being said, as always, tighten up. Tighten Sam, up. Send me out. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast Talking Titans on YouTube, Instagram. Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.